Hey everybody, Dave Hagen here. How do you talk about your money? That's today on the Financial Wellness Podcast. Welcome to the Financial Wellness Podcast, Dave's weekly message to keep you on your path to the financial success. Here is your host, financial problem solver and talk show host, Dave Hagan. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 432 of the Financial Wellness Podcast, or TFWP, as we like to refer to it. We're coming to you today from San Diego, California, Topanga, California, and beautiful downtown Van Nuys. California. Look who's with us today. Hey, look, it's Nick Appel. Hey, look, it's Dave Hagen. <laughs> it's Nick Appel, the big A, the Appelster. How you doing? Good. It's a beautiful day here in San Diego, so I can't complain. Yeah, Southern California is a great place to be. All you got to do is put up with the traffic and the tax structure and everything is perfect, right? Yeah, of course. <laughs> Let's talk about our money. You know, people have different levels of comfort talking about their their personal stuff. Um, I've had near strangers tell me shocking stuff about their their personal stuff. You know, even their sex life stuff. And I just have to be careful about the look on my face, like, oh, I really didn't need to know that or or hear that, or that's going to leave a scar. But it's, ama- <laughs> <laughs> but it's amazing what people talk about. Um, personal, private, at least stuff that seems personal and private to me, um, there's stuff. And it's just really surprising how indiscreet I think some people can be. Or, or maybe I'm just a stick in the mud, you know? Maybe I'm just too conservative, I don't know. But that's what I want to talk about today. People talking about their personal stuff, but specifically talking about their money stuff. Because this is TFWP, you know, after all. So it seems to me that Previously, years ago, someone's money, how you did, what you made, what you owned, was almost a secret. And, and now it all seems so, so public. You know, I was, I was taught never to talk about money, politics, religion, and vet bills. These were considered like the topics that would create a, a, a controversy or a, a very foamy conversation in a gathering. It was also kind of considered people's private stuff. Even their vet bills were considered private stuff. Now it seems like people talk about anything. They'll disclose anything in public. I mean, goodness gracious, look at look at Facebook. The stuff that people post on their Facebook page is just amazing to me. And, and some of the listeners will remember about two years ago, we had a guest on the show. He was a collection attorney. And he said, you know, Dave, I got to tell you, when I'm looking to collect money, one of the best places to get information on somebody is what they put up on Facebook. He goes, it just blows me away, but it just gives me a roadmap on how to collect the money that they owe my client. And even back then we were saying, hey people, wake up. Maybe you wanna think about what you're posting out there. So people put all sorts of stuff up these days. It's just, it's just shocking to me, just shocking to me. You know, Nick, you're a bunch of years younger. Am I just being an old fuddy-duddy or, or, or what do you think? No, I, I, Dave, I think it's really reasonable. You know, I have two points. One, I, I do think that what you said about politics and money 
is something that you should not discuss at the dinner table. I mean, that's the way I was raised. Um, personally, I guess I'm more open or more liberal about my views. But, you know, when it comes to, you know, a nice dinner or like a family Thanksgiving, you know, I, I choose not to discuss those things. But, you know, my second point is something um, you just discussed about your collection attorney is that ever since uh, I took the bar, I've had a I've had a job doing insurance defense. And, you know, we look on Facebook for people who are claiming injuries, but who are still out on vacation in the Bahamas. So if you can be so injured, how are you on vacation? And so well, I, I, I and so I just think, you know, people, they share a lot of information that they can keep personal. Yeah. I don't think it's got to be a big secret, but I think people should um, exhibit an awful lot more discretion. I mean, I know insurance companies, um, you know, have been have been doing that for for years. In fact, um, even when you go to the store, you, you put in your your number to get the discount on your food, basically to return your food to its regular price from its inflated price from the market. And if you like slipped and fell in the market, they're going to run back on what you purchased because they know exactly what you purchased at the store. And they're going to go, well, you were buying a lot of liquor. You know, you, you were probably a little sauced up when you came in and, um, and, and use that as a defense. I, I find that amazing. And yet I still key in my number. Sometimes yeah. I key in your number, Nick, but I, I still key in a number. Let me get those gas rewards, Dave. I know it's, <laughs> it's, it's kind of nuts. And not only are people, you know, disclosing a lot of stuff, but it's so easy to distribute it to so many people. It used to be that if you were going to distribute information, you would uh, do it verbally or you do it by mail or you do it in the newspaper. There had to be some kind of physical interaction there. Now you just hit post and, and it's all of a sudden it's out to millions and millions of people. And if people look at it, then more people look at it and it goes viral. And now you got to now you got a real interesting problem. You've got a picture of your, you know, elbow that looks like a cat going all over the place, which is <laughs> com completely innocuous, but there could be other things. There could be issues regarding or information regarding what you own or what you make or what you spend or, you know, um, what you do. So it, it's really interesting to me to see how this is different from generation to uh, generation. I, I bumped into a recent study that was conducted by Ali Bank, and they reported that 70% of those surveyed felt that it was rude or inappropriate to discuss money. But millennials, which was a subset of that group, were slightly more comfortable with it, saying 69% thought that it was rude. So I think that that shows that as generations get younger, or as we move into the younger generations, like the millennials, they're a little more open about what they uh, want to talk about. So I think that this is a hot topic um, with a lot of different variations on people's opinions. And a lot of it depends upon, you know, what generation people belong to. Do you, do you find that generally, Nick, younger generations are more open and talkative about what they do? I would say so. I, I, I do think it's also... There has to be a correlation with technology, right? I I know that at least my my grandfather's on Facebook, and you know he doesn't do TikTok, and TikTok is the new craze, and everyone just wants to share, and they all want to be in the limelight, as they say, and they all want to go viral, as they say. Me personally, I'm okay with not going viral. I'm I'm okay with living my 
my personal life, but you know, call me old school. Yeah. I don't know about you, but I've had enough viral stuff to last a lifetime. Same here. <laughs> <laughs> it, it almost, it almost killed the economy and all you think of all the people that we lost on our latest viral, all that was, although that was a, a biological viral issue, but uh, you know, we, I'm kind, I'm kind of done with, with going viral at this point, but anyway, that's today's topic. Um, that's the thing that I want to talk about. That's what I want to explore. And I've spent some time thinking about this. Um, I've mentioned it in prior podcasts and said that we were going to talk about this. I've done reading about this. And so what I want to do is talk about or sum up or, or bring together my thoughts um, in what I call 12 tips for talking about your money. 12 tips for talking about your money. So number one, what is right is up to you. I might be a little more conservative. Nick might be a little more liberal in terms of what we're willing to talk about, or it even could be vice versa. At the end of the day, it's up to you. If you want to post your bank statements on the internet and you're comfortable with everybody in the world having access to that kind of information, go ahead and do it. I wouldn't do it but there may be people that are completely open to that. Heck, there's people that have posted, um, what, um, sex tapes and stuff. I mean, I can't imagine, but if that's what they want to do, I mean, I guess, I guess. You have any thoughts on that, Nick? You know what people want to do with their profession? People want to do, Dave. I'm just kidding. It's, it's I, pretty <laughs> uh, that that went by me the first time. Okay. <laughs> no. Um, you know, I, I I think that you should feel comfortable in your own skin, and no one should. Ba boom boom. You know. <laughs> you know, it, it's subjective. You know, I I think if you're old enough to make your own decisions, then you know you should stand by those decisions. That's my yeah. opinion. I mean, that's to me, that's the, that's the number one tip. I mean, here's number two, and this is, this is not, it's up to you. This is not a, depends how you feel. Number two is passwords. No, never, ever, ever, ever share your passwords with any of your accounts to anybody because you never know when that relationship or that issue is going to go bad. And now people have access to what could be posted um, potentially moving around your money, even though that would be a crime, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Never share your passwords. Nick? I will say this though, Dave. And yeah. I am, uh, I'm a preacher and not a practicer of this, which I should be, mm -hmm. but I, you should have different passwords. Do not use the same password for everything. Mm -hmm. So God forbid one password leaks out, they can't access all your information. So, I mean, just a tip for the TFWP listeners, you know, change, have different passwords for different items and have a little notebook, you know, that you keep in your dresser drawer with all your passwords so you don't forget. Yeah. I mean, that's, a, we're digressing a little bit, but I think that's such an important point. Um, you have a little, you have a little notebook with your passwords? No, like I said, I'm, I'm a preacher, not a practicer. <laughs> <laughs> I, I should though, I should. You know, I... I've got so many passwords and, and so many places to access for so many different things. Um, you know, electronic devices that are collect, uh, connected to the Wi-Fi in the house, um, ways that I access information, the way that I, um, you know, even, even move money around and do that kind of stuff. I try and remember because I don't want it written down. Um, but I do write it down and I do write it down in a, in, in a physical place 
in a very private physical place <laughs> that I'm not going to talk about over the air. But I think you almost have to at this point. Yeah, you have to I write so. them down because you for, you forget them. And I don't know about you, but when you sign up for something, they go, "Oh, do you want to use this real strong password?" And it's like XZM five oh four. It's like no. No, at least something that I might be able to remember or guess at, you know. Exactly. But it absolutely drives me crazy. I was trying to Any, get access. Go ahead. I would say anyway, Dave, we're, we're getting off on a tangent. We're, we're getting but. distracted. <laughs> we're, get, we're getting distracted. But I, I was trying to, you know, set myself up for a new iPhone, but I had to, like, get access to the account. I couldn't remember. And, you know, I must have spent two hours trying to yeah. straighten out that issue. Just, exactly. just driving me crazy. So anyway. Um, never give people access to your private stuff. It kind of reminds me of a, a circumstance years ago where I sat down with a, a guy and, and, he, and he had a problem with one of his credit cards. It was his Amex card. And he, um, he had given an extra card to his girlfriend and they had broken up and moved out and he saw that the card had expired. Well, what had happened is the replacement cards came in a nondescript envelope to his place and one of them got forwarded to his ex-girlfriend. And I guess the breakup wasn't that um, amicable um, or even friendly. And so once she got this credit card, she started using it to charge meals and she would put down the name of the fellow that she was having a meal with. And she would then buy also lingerie and gold bars. So there was this really large series of charges on this Amex card. And we had to write the company and go back and forth. And ultimately we got the issue resolved, but it was a large number. It potentially impacted his credit for a period of time, um, but at least we, you know, didn't have to pay, and they they went after the, the gal. But you never know how things will change. You never know how things will cycle through. Never ever save, or not save, but never ever give your passwords to anybody. Number three. Consider scripting in advance. Consider, what if somebody asks you a question? What would your response be? It makes it a lot easier when the circumstance comes up. Nick? I went to law school. I'm in debt. <laughs> That's what my response is. <laughs> well, I mean, you've got a very unique circumstance. You're at the period of, you know, a, 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 a smaller earning potential because you don't have the, the ticket yet, and yet you're at a point of maximum debt. No, but honestly, you'll, Dave, you'll I, get I, over I, it. I, I, I will, but... You know, I'm just making fun, saying it in jest, but I honestly think you make a good point. And I, I do think a very conservative thing to say is, you know, we're comfortable or, you know, we're well off or something of that nature. I wouldn't even say I'm well off, but I hear what you're saying. We're, we're comfortable. I think that's a very good response, although I always think back um, to that movie. Was it Crazy Rich Asians? where the wealthy guy was saying to his girlfriend who had no idea that he came from a wealthy family in Singapore, as I recall. And, um, you know, he says, well, we're comfortable. And she goes, that's what rich people say. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe, maybe that's now become its own kind of code. We live in, a, in an age when so many um, words or symbols or acronyms are code for something. But I always like, you know, it's comfortable. Another one might be, um, you know, it, it's bad luck. I remember one time I was going, um, walking down the street and this very congenial, likable fella came up and he was asking for money from people. And, you know, I'd always give him some bucks because he, he was, you know, really interesting guy, clean cut guy, nice guy, very conversational. One time I said to him, well, how much, you know, I, I see you here at eight and you're gone by 1030. How much, 
how much do you pick up in a day? Because he was hitting up lawyers going to the courthouse. And he says, oh, no, it's it's bad luck. It's bad mojo to discuss that. And so that was his excuse for not telling me. But I couldn't get around that statement. I mean, what could I say? Well, no, I'm good luck. And you could tell me. No, that was just his way to deflect the question. And I, I thought that was kind of good. Um, another comment might be, my family never discussed uh, those things, or this is the way that, uh, uh, you know, that I was brought up. No problem in that. No, no shame in that. If you're not comfortable, don't let somebody drag information out of you or give you a hard time. Um, in fact, just if you must, just say, I'm not comfortable discussing those issues. I mean, there's no shame in that. Even in a younger, more disclosing, potentially slice of society, if you're not comfortable, you're not comfortable, then, you know, this takes us back to tip number one, whatever is right is up to you. And there's, there's really no shame in that. It's not a big secret. You just don't want to talk about it so much. So think about group situations that you might be in, questions that might come up and what you would feel comfortable responding to ahead of time, because a lot of people are not contemporaneous speakers. They don't well do well just responding to a, a question that just pops up. Think about it a little bit ahead of time. It'll make you a lot more comfortable when the, when the issue does arise. Nick? Now, now Dave, let me ask you this. So, so mm -hmm. you know, some of our listeners, you know, they're blue-collar people. They're, they're working their way, doing their 40 hours. And, you know, like, what if they want to raise, right? And, you know, let's say they're friendly with their supervisor or whoever they report to, and they want to know how much their supervisor makes. And let's just say that they start chatting it up and, you know, the question comes across, hey, like, how much do you make? Do you feel that another way the supervisor could come across it or come across this question and give a response is I make in between X and Y, give a range if they don't feel comfortable? Well, I think we're skipping down a couple um, tips, but yeah, you're, you're exactly right. Um, be a little vague, be a little ambiguous or give a range or something like that. When I'm talking with someone that's got employees and I want to know, you know, kind of what those employees generally make, I won't say, well, how much does this person make? I'll say, well, what, what's the range of people in that job description get paid? I find that that's a much easier um, non-committal way to get some some information about that. But we've got a couple of other tips uh, about discussing this stuff at work too. But um, yeah, I mean, there's sometimes where you just need to disclose stuff. You know, if you go to if you go to get a raise and they say, well, how much you make? And well, you, you know, I, I think you got to cough it up. Um, otherwise, you're not going to be successful in doing what you want to do, which is getting a raise. But um, you need to think about that um, a little bit in advance. All right, tip number four. You know, what you disclose may be different for work, family, and when you're with friends. Those are different audiences, different groups. And, you know, perhaps the most difficult would be when you're with family. Boy, you're sitting around that Thanksgiving table that's coming up in a, a month or so, and something comes out about, well, how'd you do? Or what's this? Or what da 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 Your family's going to listen. They're going to want to know how you're doing. And that might be the most difficult um, audience of all. But I think the tip is there might be different rules for work, family, friends. And think about that. You might say something to a family member in confidence that you'd never say to a, a coworker in, in confidence. Uh, there might be something that you would feel very comfortable talking about in 
mm, some context, but but not in others. So consider your audience. It's different. It's different for work, friends, and family. Number five, everybody counts your money. I love this. I was talking to a lawyer some years ago who who did some work for a large number of of other lawyers, and he says, you know, Dave, everybody counts my money. Everybody figures out how many cases he handled and what the average fee was, and they were trying to figure out, um, you know, how much money he was making doing this particular job. So everybody counts your money, and by that I mean everybody counts your income. That's part of how we we potentially judge each other, um, including job title. And people count your assets. They look at what you they look at what you got. That's part of that visual analysis that people make when they meet you or when they continue to interact with you. So remember, everybody, everybody counts your money, Nick. I think that could be such a facade, right? I mean, especially with people who are flashy, going back to Facebook, you know, going on these trips, showing how much money they make, but you know, creditors are waiting for them. Oh, and yeah. And, and, you know, it, I just think it's such a facade, like like my uncle, for example, he's comfortable and he, he drives a, an old car. He, he doesn't need to be flashy, but I, I do understand this point, Dave. And I, I just, I, I think if everyone were, were to just, if many people were just to take a humble pill, I think many people would, might not care as much. That's yeah. my two, my two cents. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, my. My two cents on that would be, you know, don't get flashy. I've seen plenty of rich, flashy fools. Yeah. You know, people driving the big car and, you know, dressed up nice or they got a big house. And it turns out they, they turn around and file chapter seven bankruptcy. Well, well I, I mean, uh, you know, one of our heroes, uh, Mr. Buffett, yeah. you know, he's not that flashy. I mean, he still goes to McDonald's and, and gets an egg McMuffin. He's not eating caviar on a bagel with locks every morning. Yeah. And he instructs someone at his company to get him um, um, a car, another car every few years. And what he instructs them to do is go out and buy a car that has some slight hail damage because he doesn't care if the fenders are a little wobbly, they have a little wobble in them. He just wants a car that's a good price. And right, so he, exactly. he, and he could drive, you know, he, he could drive a Lambo. I mean, Warren in a Lambo is kind of a weird visual, but well, well, I mean, let's be honest, Dave, he doesn't even have to drive. <laughs> well, that's a whole nother thing. Right? <laughs> he could have people driving around, but he does drive around and he's got, um, uh, you know, a, a very, very modest um, car. I remember yeah. years ago when we were, we were at the shareholders meeting, we, we, there was a balcony off to the back of the convention center. We went back there and that's where all the cars were from all the people that were, that were there. And um, well, the, the speakers. And I forget all the people that were there, some really big people, but that included Tim Cook of Apple and, and some of the other people there. And that's why, um, you know, there were armed guards down there, but there were limos and there were, there were big flashy black cars with smoked uh, uh, windows on, in the back. And there was some pretty flashy cars, but, you know, I, I wonder if that was really necessary. I've, I've got a, a, an old friend, longtime friend, wanted to drive the nicest car around. So he bought a Bentley, bought a black Bentley. Now, is there a finer car around than a black Bentley? He goes, yeah, how do you like my car? I said, this is incredibly gorgeous, but you might as well just drive around with a sign on it that says, rob me. Because it just, it looks like it's so much, you know, big money. 
and I give them a hard time whenever I see it, you know, hey, can I get a ride? Um, no, 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 I don't want to get robbed. I don't want to get robbed, you know. But um, I, I knew a guy also on the other side of the coin who was, you know, very wealthy years ago. And he drove around in a, like a, a, a GMC sedan. He just didn't need to dress up and make an impression. He was just, you know, that kind of guy. Well, well, Dave, I, I just looked up on a Google about Buffett <laughs> and uh, this paragraph says, although he can afford a whole fleet of limos, to be at his beck and call. He prefers to drive himself and owns a Cadillac XTS, which he bought for $45,000 in 2014. And by the way, this article was from 2021. Wow, wow. So that car is probably worth, I don't know, 15, 20,000, maybe 15, 20,000. And he's worth how many billions? <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Crazy, same thing with clothes, by the way. Um, I mean, there's people that will dress up and wear clothes that are, you know, far beyond um, what they, you know, what they earn or what they own and they spend all their money on clothes. And the, and the other side of the coin is the same wealthy guy that, you know, drove this old GM um, took me and a buddy one time to lunch at a, uh, at a yacht club. He belonged to the yacht club and we were out working on his boat and he's walking through the yacht club in, a, you know, a one piece green overall, like a flight suit. And well, and I'm going, oh my God, this is like where you wear the, the blazer and the deck shoes. He didn't, he didn't care. He was so unpretentious. He really didn't know or need to have people know that he was probably one of the, one of the wealthiest people in the, in the whole group. But he, there he was walking through in his flight suit, waving to everybody, big oil stain on the pant leg. It was hilarious. And, and, and it's so interesting, Dave, because as I get older, I, I'm realizing more and more that the people who actually have the money or even the people who are the smartest they don't need to show off either their wealth they don't need to show off their smart because they know they have it sure they know it and yeah, it, it goes it, it goes back to like our first point you know it's up to you if you know you have it who cares what anyone else thinks right i agree i agree but keep in mind everybody counts your money of course Tip number six, people love to gossip. Everybody shares information. What are we doing, Dave? Well, we're doing it, but you know what? We're not talking about, we're not talking about our money. <laughs> you know, I mean, I've seen people with um, um, uh, some family on the West Coast, fam some family on the East Coast, and something, someone says something on the West Coast, and you know it cycles through the East Coast and comes back to the West Coast. I mean, you can just, you can just follow that gossip going around some cases it'll even show up in like a, a local newspaper in the west and the east coast i go remember that person that used to live here well they just da, 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 they just bought a mercedes benz that kind of stuff moves around and it goes through the whole group even across country especially now when it's so easy to communicate right according to a recent article in, in Psychology Today, which was just recent, just from June, the June 24, 21 um, edition of Psychology Today. See, we, we bring you relevant stuff out there, everybody. <laughs> we bring you relevant stuff. We, we kind of know what we're talking about and we, we do some research on some of these shows. But they found that some of the reasons that people like to gossip is for revenge, which I, I think we'd agree, power, yes, yes. Um, and then to be in the know it, and to be in the know. So 
uh, all sorts of different reasons why people gossip, but everybody gossips, everybody shares info. It just seems to almost be a human trait. And for whatever the reason, just trust that whatever you tell somebody is, is going to get out. So if you've got a, you know, a large settlement, or if you've got a lottery winnings or something, you tell someone, just assume that everybody's got it. Just assume that it's going to be in the local paper. Just assume that. And that will help you make your decision, circling back to point one, that it's up to everybody to make their own decision in, in this regard. Number seven, if you're talking about your income at work, be careful that you do not have a non-disclosure clause in your employment contract. So be careful about that. There are some places that like to have more restrictive employment contracts. It may or may not be legal even, but the purpose is not to um, discuss the legality of it here, but to warn people that, hey, it could be in there. It could cause you a problem with your job. Be careful what you disclose at work. Now, once you get past that, I'd be careful about disclosing stuff at work anyway, because it can create all sorts of hard feelings and, and animus. But if you're a person that's comfortable with that, be prepared to defend your salary. You talk to somebody else, tell them what you make, they're gonna go, man, I've been here longer, I don't, be prepared to defend your salary if you're gonna talk about that kind of stuff at work. I just wouldn't, I just wouldn't. How about you, Nick? You're, you're doing corporate culture now, you're working yeah. with the firm. Well, I mean, would you talk about salary at work? Was someone sitting at the next in the next office? You know, it's it's tough, Dave. I mean, is I mean, there's quite the old law school mantra. It depends. Yeah. Is is the uh, person at my pay grade? Is the person my superior? Is the person below me? Um, I, I think it's really circumstantial. I mean, you know, the reason I brought up my previous um, hypothetical about what do you do. You know, if you want to find out how much your superior is making, I, you know, hypothetically, I could have asked someone, you know, about that at my work last week. I could have not. And, uh, but we can talk about that later. Yeah, that's a different thing. But yeah, be careful at work. That's my advice yeah. to you today. Be careful at work. I agree. Number eight, if you must disclose or feel like you must disclose, Consider being general. I mean, we talked about this a little bit earlier. You could say, well, we're, we're comfortable. I make in this range or I make about what the average person makes at the firm or, you know, something like that. But if you feel that you must disclose, if you feel like you're in a corner, sometimes uh, being a little more general is a good, a good way out. Number nine, don't brag. Certainly don't brag. Before you open up your big pie hole, make sure that you're not going to be seen as a braggart it only makes you look insecure little to others around you and if you're really doing well there's no reason that you need to brag sounds obvious but there i said it number 10 don't be judgmental if someone else is doing something crazy they go wow i got this car and i pay 1200 a month on this car payment don't be judgmental everyone's got to sit in their own soup you know don't say hey that's crazy Say something like, well, I, I look at it a different way. And it's an opportunity to tell them how you look at it a different way. But don't don't make statements that are judgmental. It'll only impact your your friendships or your personal relationships. Wait, 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 Dave, Dave, Dave. Are you saying I should not say, how can you afford that? Are yeah. you saying that's that's too much? Yeah, I think that's a little strong, you know. That that might might be a little off-putting. What do you think? 
<laughs> I think so. Even though that's what your brain is thinking, you know, I mean, <laughs> I've, I've sat down with probably, I don't know, 20,000 people over the years to discuss their financial circumstance. And sometimes, you know, I just want to blurt out, I, are you kidding me? That's crazy. <laughs> what were you thinking? And you, you just can't, you just say, well, that presents some, some issues and some problems and let's figure out some solutions to that. But, you know, I've, I've talked to people paying 1800 a month yeah, you know, in a car payment. I mean, I can't imagine who would do that, but that there's people that do that. People living in a in an apartment, paying you know just a minimal amount, driving around a hundred thousand, hundred and fifty thousand dollar car. I, I no, it's crazy. But I don't say that's crazy. Uh, it's, <laughs> you know, I it, that's something I could never wrap my my head around. Um, but. You know, what people I've, pay for their cars. That's a whole different discussion, especially yeah, but, in California, right? But I digress. I, I just, I, I don't, I don't understand, you know, life, some life choices, you know, just, you know, renting a, an apartment, but renting a very expensive car. I, I, I guess I was raised just to, you know, make as much money as you can legally and then put money in a house, put money in real estate. No, I hear you. But, but people here, especially in California, they dig their cars. But, you know, I think that's another podcast where we kind of dig into the, the, the psyche of that. I find that fascinating. I see people with cars worth more than their house. I mean, it's, I agree. Yeah. Crazy stuff. All right. We'll, we'll, we'll bring up that in another podcast. Um, number 11, don't try to keep up. Don't try to keep up with the Joneses. If somebody wants to show that they've got more assets or income or better clothes, don't try to keep up with them. You don't. You don't have to, and you shouldn't have to, and you really shouldn't. You really shouldn't. So don't try and keep up with others. And number 10, if you do talk, and of course, the first 11 tips are don't say as much, but number 12 is if you do talk, talk in general and talk about your financial wellness plan. Tell them what you're doing. Hey, here's what I want to do. I want to have a million dollars in the bank by the time I'm 40, so I don't have to you know, work full time at a job. Hey, I'm, I want to do this so that I create more, you know, income that I can capture for myself to put, you know, deploy how I want to deploy it each month. Hey, I'm looking at paying down debt and I've got this plan. I'm using this, um, you know, Dave's uh, plan that he talked about. It's not my plan, but we talked about it. One of the first three or four podcasts, the waterfall or the snowball debt repayment plan. Um, I'm looking to do these other kinds of things. And if you talk about it, and the reason I think it's a good idea to talk about it is one, you'll have a better chance of completing your plan or getting to your goals. And the other is you'll educate the people that you're talking to, your friends, family, neighbors, whatever. You'll be able to educate them as to what's going on. You'll give them some very valuable tools. And you know what? They'll thank you. Oh, geez, look at this. We're running out of time. Nick, there's a bunch of other stuff I wanted to talk about in terms of this. Let's talk about it next week. We'll talk about this uh, next week. Should you talk about your money part two? We're going to cut this off at part one and finish to, for today. Nick, thanks for coming in. Thanks for hanging out. We will talk to you next week about the second part of how to talk about your money. Stay tuned, everybody. This is Dave Hagan. And you're listening to the Financial Wellness Podcast. You've been listening to the Financial Wellness Podcast, Dave's weekly message to keep you on your path to financial success. 
If you have a question that you would like Dave to answer on the podcast, go to thefinancialwellnesspodcast.com. You can leave an audio message with one click of a button or type your message into the question box. Either way, it's sent right to Dave's phone. Remember, Dave will randomly draw from the submitted questions and pick the winner of a free one-hour personal conversation with Dave to help you achieve your financial goals. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you receive the new episode notifications or share the podcast via the app with your family and friends. This is your announcer, Nick Appel, wishing you every financial success.